Heart Health Workshop puts weight stigma and poor science on display. This is the Weight and Healthcare newsletter. If you like what you're hearing, please consider subscribing and or sharing at weightandhealthcare.com. A reader sent me the marketing email for a heart health seminar that perfectly demonstrates many of the issues that we see with weight science, weight stigma, healthcare, and pharmaceutical industry money. I want to acknowledge that the people who put this together may have been well-intentioned, but that doesn't erase the harm. It begins with a picture that says, CRF, Women's Heart Health Initiative, and then states, quote, nearly 75% of patients are, quote, overweight or, quote, obese. Let us invest time with them to teach them about heart health. Tell them about our free online seminar, register now for free, end quote. The use of us and them here can easily be read as healthcare practitioners and higher weight people, as if those are two separate and distinct categories. These us and them categories do nothing but reinforce stereotypes that harm people of all sizes. It others and erases higher weight practitioners. It encourages stereotype-based interactions in which higher weight patients are assumed to be ignorant and conversely encourages assumptions that lower weight patients don't need their practitioners to invest time with them to teach them about heart health. Also, if what patients are being taught is grossly inaccurate and possibly harmful, the time would be better invested elsewhere, but we'll get to that in a moment. Next, we have, quote, why your patients should attend. In the United States, 74% of adults are, quote, overweight or, quote, obese. Quote, obesity alone, the more severe condition, affects 42% according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, or CDC. Those are shocking numbers. Worse, more than half of people who meet the medical definition don't even think they are, quote, obese. And 35% of people with, quote, obesity have not spoken with a health professional about it. The clear danger is that, quote, overweight and, quote, obese adults are at higher risk for developing type 2 diabetes, heart disease, and some types of cancer. Indeed, the more weight, the higher the risk. Data show that even moderate weight loss of 10% can improve or prevent related risk factors for cardiovascular disease. Our seminar provides the crucial information that can get your patients seriously thinking about their weight and protecting their health, end quote. Holy weight stigma, Batman. Calling the existence of higher weight people shocking is, in and of itself, weight stigma and can create and reinforce negative provider attitudes toward their higher weight patients. Also, a reminder that, quote, overweight and, quote, obese are concepts that were made up to pathologize bodies based on shared size rather than shared symptomology or cardiometabolic profile, largely architected by the weight loss industry. I have no idea where they pulled the statistic that more than half the people who fall into this height-weight ratio don't know it, and 35% haven't spoken to a healthcare provider about it, but I'd like to see a citation. If it's true, then I think that's great for them since it means that those people may be avoiding some of the dangers of the weight stigma that all of this pathologizing and hand-wringing adds to. Data do not, in fact, show that, quote, even moderate weight loss of 10% can improve or prevent related risk factors for cardiovascular disease, end quote. In fact, research suggests that it's behavior changes and not the small amounts of typically temporary weight loss that create health changes. I wrote about this in depth on weight and healthcare previously. And if they're going to suggest intentional weight loss, it doesn't seem ethical that they don't, at the absolute least, mention that the most common outcome of intentional weight loss attempts is weight cycling, and that weight cycling is independently linked to negative health outcomes, including increased risk factors for heart disease and higher overall mortality. Moving on. Next, they say, quote, at the end of the program, your patients will know the answers to these questions. What are healthy weight ranges? How do excess weight and, quote, obesity lead to heart disease? How is diabetes related to excess weight and, quote, obesity? How can diet and exercise help reduce weight? What medicines are available to manage weight? What's the best way to get motivated to take ownership of my health and control risk factors? End quote. 
It's highly doubtful to me that at the end of this program, patients will know the answers to these questions, given that medical science doesn't know the answers to most of these questions. What are healthy weight ranges? There's no such thing as a healthy weight range. There are people of the exact same weight with wildly different health statuses, and there are people of very different weights with the same health status. Weight is not an appropriate proxy for health or behaviors. How does weight and, quote, obesity lead to heart disease? We don't know that they do. The confounding variables of weight cycling, weight stigma, which this campaign actively engages in, and healthcare inequalities are rarely discussed and never controlled for in studies that link being higher weight to heart disease. How is diabetes related to, quote, excess weight and, quote, obesity? The relationship between diabetes and weight is complicated. For example, diabetes can cause both weight gain and weight loss. And in truth, the relationship between weight and any health condition is, again, deeply unclear due to the confounding variables we just discussed. More to the point, though weight loss has a very long track record of long-term failure, type 2 diabetes can be managed in a weight-neutral way. How can diet and exercise help reduce weight? Only for a short period of time based on about a century of research. What medicines are available to manage weight? None that have shown long-term efficacy or safety. What's the best way to get motivated to take ownership of my health and control risk factors? Well, you could consider getting off the weight loss roller coaster, leaving this deeply flawed and utterly failed, though highly profitable, weight loss paradigm behind, and approach health from a weight-neutral paradigm on your own terms. So who is teaching all of this? There are three speakers. Per openpayments.gov, between 2015 and 2021, Dr. Jelani took $129,524.60 from pharmaceutical companies that sell weight loss drugs. Dr. Kumar took $131,149.64. Dr. Yagabzadeh has taken $1,083.56 in 62 separate food and beverage payments, suggesting that he is spending significant time receiving education from the companies that sell the drugs. Research has shown that a single small payment like this can influence practitioners, and he's taken 62 of them. Importantly, their financial relationships were not disclosed in the ad or on the website for the event that I could find. Again, the people who put this together, and perhaps the speakers themselves, may have good intentions, but that does not erase the harm. If medicine is ever to actually support the health of higher weight people, it must do better than regurgitating weight stigma and poor science propped up by pharmaceutical industry money. Did you find this post helpful? You can subscribe for free to get future posts delivered direct to your inbox or choose a paid subscription to support the newsletter and the work that goes into it and get special benefits. Go to weightandhealthcare.com and click subscribe.